Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. With lava. Slightly less hot lava. I was going to say, I don't think this room particularly had lava. No, you're standing right in front of a little lava pool. Oh, <laughs> well, then never mind. A lava feature. It's a small lava sauna in here. <laughs> those little uh, those little chocolate fountains at the really fancy dinner parties, but it's just lava coming out of it. What makes you think anybody on this podcast has been to a dinner party fancy enough to have one of those? I've seen them in movies. Uh, yeah, exactly. I've seen them in movies. <laughs> it's got a little fondue fountain. Hakatep seems the type to enjoy the high life. There's a yeah, chocolate sure. fondue fountain at the Bellagio in Vegas, which is amazing. Yeah. Yep, there you go. We need to go have lava. No, we need to go have chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go have lava cakes at the Bellagio. Speaking of lava, somebody sent us lava cookies and they were entirely too spicy. Oh gosh, they were Dude, so spicy. they were spicy. so spicy. Oh I my gosh. I couldn't get through one. I don't have the card here near me, but uh, yes, we did get some lava cookies in and they were, uh, they were they were very spicy. I had one bite and I was feeling it for 20 minutes. Like, it was intense. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit much for me. And that's when we so decided spicy. Heather did not want these cookies. No, they were Heather so spicy. Oh, no. not have been able to handle these cookies. Oh, no, Heather doesn't do spicy. He no, no, no. Yeah, see, I think Heather would do like full type of spicy where there's like some cinnamon, cinnamon or some sure. nutmeg. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the kind of spice I think Heather can get down action. Yeah. yeah, but not uh, poison. Not scorpion <laughs> pepper cookies. Ooh, they were spicy. They were spice. Anyway. All that notwithstanding, uh, no, there is not a, uh, a craft food spread inside of this dungeon. Instead, when last we had oh, left that off. That is some poor hospitality. Can I file a, a complaint with the manager? I'm sure you um, should have are... started firing your complaint when the four bouncers attempted to eat you and then drown you in lava. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I yeah. think we're the uh, craft food spread because there's a yeah. Nosferatu in here and we're like living beings with blood and they I tried mean, to boil okay. us fondue style a minute ago. Like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they were going sure. for a sous vide. Yes. Yeah, yes. It felt like somebody was trying to cook us like a lobster. Oh, yeah. We had lobster, lobster vibes. <laughs> Lobster sounds really good. Wait, how did we go mm. this this far wrong so fast? I suppose segue. Kicking this back off, uh, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers of the Duat had uh, entered into the Pyramid of the Sky Pharaoh, specifically into the northern wing of the Pyramid of the Sky Pharaoh, which turned out to be the Crypt of Fire. A.K.A. Lava Land. The it Fire Temple, if you will. After fighting against a quartet of Tophets, uh, giant uh, mockeries of Ra, as they were referred to, the party had closed a gateway to the elemental plane of fire, had gone through a number of trapped hallways, had entered into a room with three statues, and apparently a staggering, complicated puzzle pertaining so to the So we were thwarted by perfume? You were thwarted by perfume. We were thwarted by, by not having the proper item. <laughs> it was overthinking, I think, more than well, anything. I think it was. We were also our own worst enemies in classic puzzle-solving fashion. How could you have not brought perfume into uh, into a dungeon? I'm curious. Does the grooming kit that you can buy from Ultimate Equipment does that come with perfume? No, because Masika has mm -hmm. one of those. It has to be the Cortisons uh, kit. Yeah, we checked. Uh, I see Cortisons well, kit. Heather no. checked. That that was your first mistake. We were not <laughs> dressed fancy enough. Yeah, if only uh, some of you were fine Taldane nobles or something that probably would have mm -hmm. had a Cortisons kit with perfume. Yeah, but we're not. But you're not. Instead, you had continued on past that. You had entered into a room with uh, two clever, well-placed, invisible walls of force and uh, <laughs> managed to bypass that before being thwarted by another door as you'd attempted to continue on. Uh, this door being a large red block that had blocked your way going forward with what seemed to have been four indentations on it, shaped like arrows. You had decided to eventually, after 
belaboring the point for some time, navigate your way back <laughs> to the central room, the Isle of Fire, wherein you decided to make your way through, instead of going down the eastern passage, which you'd gone previously, go across the way to the western passage. And that had not been a good place. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, I believe we left off uh, with a bit of a cliffhanger, so let's go ahead and jump back into things, shall we? So when last we left off, the party had entered into a room, a large room with a square pool of fuming lava directly in front of the entrance to this chamber and a recumbent jackal painted in shades of blue on the floor near the far wall. Painted on the floor to the right and left as you had entered into the chambers were images of large extended hands holding workers in them. Black stone statues of jackal-headed humanoids stand at attention along the walls, holding staves topped with cobra heads. At the foot of each statue lies an emaciated humid clad only in a loincloth and headcloth, burns and marks from a whip's lash scarring their abused flesh. Each person's left ankle caught in a manacle whose chain is secured around the statue's waist like a belt. As you had entered, they had turned to face all of you, and you had heard the beginning cries from them in the ancient Osirian tongue of food, water. And let me go ahead and start with the perception roll from the party. I think Yikes. this is going to be the mockery of Anubis section of the uh, museum. Possibly. <laughs> of the museum. This is our mockery of Anubis wing. Yes. Hollis rolled a 16 for a 31 perception. Sudi rolled a 4 for a 29. Masika rolls an 18 for a 25. Uh, Citra rolled a 15 for a 34. Unless it's traps. Mm, no. Okay. Is it danger? I will allow your danger sense to apply. Oh. Okay. Uh, plus five at the current juncture, so that should have given me a 39. Okay. I can only imagine all of you pause as you step in, just kind of fanning as you'd stepped into this room at this, let's face it, utterly miserable and horrific sight. It's horrible. Yeah. Citra, as the only one who succeeded at this perception roll. Oh, dang. Oh, gosh. And even then, just barely. Um, oh boy. There's, of course, the logical part of all of your brains. These can't be alive. These guys can't be alive. Citra, as you look at them, you can see that each one of these figures is emaciatedly thin, and you notice a faint shimmery translucence about the abused forms. What you couldn't see at first, which you can honestly see only a faint shimmering translucence of behind them, is that there's the emaciated form of a still dead mummified figure where each one of these figures are as if their spirits seem to be more physical than their actual dead bodies as they've what? frozen up. As you register that not only are these people not alive, but your years of training immediately kick in as you register that you have just stepped in and activated a haunt. Uh, and I will need initiative from the party. That's Wild. a big old haunt. I uh, did the haunting, 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 haunting everywhere. <laughs> so let's go ahead and go around the table real quick. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolls another 16. Apparently that's oh, going to be the number. For a 23. 23. All right, Sudi uh, Sudi rolled a 9 for a 15. Masika of the Beckon. Masika rolls a 15 for a 17. Citra Nahamra. Uh, Citra rolled another 15 for a 21. So, Citra Nahamra. Uh, 
this room is haunted. This room has also haunt. got a big open pit of lava in front of me. Stab it. Stab it. Yep, with you're, you're on this five foot walkway that seems to circle around the outside of the pit from where you come in. And then the room widens off towards your left and right uh, and extends to the opposite wall where you can see the, uh, again, the center of that room, the floor is covered with this design of a recumbent jackal. Can, can you stab haunts? Uh, I can indeed stab haunts. Citra would like, t I don't know if it's allowed that I take a five foot step across the lava pit. <laughs> or yeah, do you I can have hop to... over that ledge. Okay. Citra is going to do a very careful hop over the edge of the uh, lava pit and okay. approach the first one. Uh, bear in mind, too, that I have my radius uh, from my helm that should hurt uh, undead. Oh, that is true. Your helm does radiate um, a, a, a soft blue light. It is yes. a haunt, technically. It is a type of death, undeath thing. Yes, and so Spiffy. it should do, uh, it is a 30-foot circle around me, basically, and causes 1d6 points of damage per round to each creatures within that range. Okay. Um, just for the record. Uh, and then I would like to, again, hoppity hop over, and we'll go ahead and... I guess use an etheric strike. <laughs> you lunge forward, an emaciated, shaved-headed man stares up at you. Please. I wish I could just feed you, but uh, you're a ghosty you ghost. Make it sense motive if you so wish. It is a haunt. Maybe you can satisfy it in such a way. Okay, apparently 15 is the number of the day. It's the third one I've rolled. Uh, oh, weird. Uh, that would give me a 34. While many of them are asking for water, food. Some are asking for freedom or calling out for names, maybe of children or loved ones. As you step forward, weapon in hand, the man reaches up, extending both his arms and wrists, which are shackled to the statue next to him. Please. Okay, against her better judgment, Citra is not going to use her etheric strike. What, what, are, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to break the chain holding it. You may make an attack roll if you so wish. Hollis is just staring. Actually, Hollis isn't aware yet. Okay. Rolled a 14, which gets me a 33. A 33 will strike your target as you swing your blade down, slicing down towards the chain. All right. So that's uh, 10 points of regular, 5 points of electricity, and 4 points of fire to the chain. Your blade slices through, striking this. There are sparks of both electricity and flame shoot off of this as your blade crashes through the center of the chain. There are the two mandicles on the man's wrist, a chain that stretches the distance between them, and then a single link which interconnects it to the chain that goes up to the statue. As you slash through the chain that connects the two mandicles, the central link connecting it to the statue simply slips free, hits the ground. The figure sighs in relief, and to all the rest of you, you just see it dissipate into a white light. Yeah. As for a moment, all of the other figures seem to flicker. Oh, okay. I, I, uh, we have to give them what they're asking for, and then they'll disappear. Okay. Let's hope it's not perfume, right? <laughs> no. God, I hope not. Of all we the can't things do you anything could about want. the ones asking for their family members. Yes, but if we can get rid of the rest, uh, not as many to fight? Well, and again, as you slice through the first set of chains, all of them begin to raise up their arms. This cacophony of cries for freedom, help us begins to echo through the chamber, kind of beginning to burrow into your ears as you feel this like overwhelming sense of frustration 
of fear, of panic, of misery roll through you. Uh, round one of combat begins. Hollis Starkweather. All right. Hollis is, I guess, going to kind of uh, scooch around the corner past Citra over to the one kind of across from the one Citra just freed. What does this guy okay. want? Uh, again, as you begin to approach, he just starts holding up his chains, although he is also asking for, you know, you know, begging for water and food as you begin to approach. I don't think I have any way to free you of chains, friend, but... I, you know, I'll whip out my water skin and, and give him some water. I don't know. Or hand it. I'll just take it out and offer it to him. How about that? Uh, he would try to attempt to take it, although his hands would pass straight through it. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm not strong enough to break chains, so if they want me to break chains, that's going to be a problem. Citra Nahumra. Probably because this thing might get angry that he couldn't get the water. Uh, Citra is going to uh, rush over up next to Hollis and bear down on the chain. Okay. That's good. You rush your way forward, heft your weapon, and swing. I need ghost touch water skin. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled a 7 for a 26. (laughs) A 26 will strike the chain as you heft your blade and swing down into it. Okay, that is 9 points of regular, 1 point of electricity, and 3 points of fire. It damages, although your blade does not clearly slice through it. The figure smiles eagerly and holds up his chains further for you. Sudikantar. Okie dokie. Um, huh. All right. So he's going to take a five foot step forward around the lava pit to basically start on the north side of the room. And I'm going to <laughs> finally be able to fight a haunt, which is going to be amazing. So I will flurry of blows. The, the chain. Okay. Yeah. I was about to be like, please say the chain. <laughs> no, I'm just going to start kicking these poor defenseless people in the face. Uh, I didn't no, think um, so. Were, were you paying attention? Don't worry, Did you just miss it? I apologize. Uh, Masika actually has a 17, which is higher than Sudi's 15. Oh, never mind. So actually, Masika. I go back to my position. Sudi <laughs> scuttles back. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he does that nice gentlemanly turn. He's like, ladies first. <laughs> Masika will make her way around to the one uh, to the north of us, but more to the west, so Sudi can get his five foot step and full round attack because I'm nice like that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to whap it with my staff because that's all I have. Okay. Yeah, the figure holds up his his arms. Have you seen my children? They did. So maybe just be like, you'll see them soon. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that too. too. Uh, I roll an 18, which gets me a 33. Yeah, it's a a DC 10 to hit this chain. So I don't think, barring rolling a natural one, any of you can miss. Okay, I'm going to try to hit a chain with a weapon next turn. (laughs) <laughs> that feels like something does do. eight points of damage. Eight points of damage to no effect as your weapon bounces off of the chain. Narmer. Yep. Oh, is it go time? <laughs> did uh, did uh, citrus electricity seem to affect the chain? Yeah. Narmer, I'm going to ask you to do something I don't normally ask you to do. What's that? I want you to bite it. I was thinking I was going to do that thing where, like, I spit a very narrow stream of acid like a kid with a gap in his teeth. No, just bite Shoot it. Shoot milk. <laughs> Narmer. <laughs> okay. Narmer will have to enter its square because he's a tiny sized creature. Rick speaks from experience on that because he was a gap tooth little kid. Uh, <laughs> Narmer lunges to the, the attack. Narmer uh, rolls an 11, which gets him a 23 to bite it. That'll hit. His D3 of bite damage isn't going to probably do squat, but he does do four points of electricity damage. He damages it. 
Although it does hmm. not break it. Does he have teeth? <laughs> I, yeah, I imagine he's just kind of... Actually, fish have teeth, I think, or something, right? Not all fish. Yep. Narmer has a bite attack that does 1d3 damage plus 1d6 electricity. He has little nubbins of teeth. And this way he doesn't <laughs> have to spend a charge from the wand, so... No, In answer to, to your question, catfish have small, dense teeth called cartiform. Ah, see? They're a form of teeth, but not in the traditional sense or anything you may be thinking of. <laughs> his mouth is made of metal. <laughs> yeah, his mouth is metal. He could be anatomically correct. You don't know. Sudikantar. All right. Sudi's going to finally engage his plan of taking a five-foot step and flurry blowsing the first person. <laughs> the, the chain, chain I assume, not the person. The, the ch- oh, sorry, the, first, the chain <laughs> of the first person. We should be very clear about this. So he's yes. a good man. He's freeing, he's freeing slaves. This is good. Um, I'm she, assuming she looks up slaves. desperately, holds up her hands. All right, hey, here yeah. we go. I have raw, help me. Oh. <sighs> Does she really say that? Does she know who I am? Yeah. You're, you have a special stone. My special stone. You're a living monolith. <laughs> You're a living monolith cat folk. Tell me everything Sydney you know about me. definitely pauses and goes, I'm freeing every single one of you. And just punches <laughs> down. All right, I roll a 16 for a 36. A 36 strikes. Uh, that is 15 points of damage. Shattering through it with one mighty chop oh, of your hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's that scene from Spirited Away. Oh, it is the little Spirited Away, like they hold up the little thing and like, hey <laughs> The figure smiles and then falls back as again, the figure dissipates and in its place now, because uh, Citra could see them, Sudi couldn't, in its place you can see that there's an emaciated figure that must have died here millennia ago. My sadness is great. But the spirit, however, is free as the Frasman chops through the chains, barring it to this earth. Okay, so I will then flying kick uh, basically next to Masika (laughs) (laughs) so that I can get two of them (laughs) with my karate chops. Very well. This is the weirdest haunt ever, y'all. I love this. So Sudi chops through this one, leaps through the air. And then, like, he's gonna axe kick the one that, uh, the one that, uh, that, uh, Narmer Narmer bit. bit I just picture Narmer has his chain in his mouth, and then Sudi's, like, flying towards him. (laughs) He probably is like, this is so cool. Finish it! He then throws it up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love this. I roll a 9 for a 29. 29 strikes your target. For 11 points of damage. As you shatter through another chain. Yeah! All right, and then I will t- I will turn to the next one that's like further up, further north, um, and try to break through that chain with my last two attacks. Very well. You spin. This is amazing. Is it every one of these statues, including the ones in this room to the north of us? Does each one have a chain figure to it? Yes. Yes. Oh my God! There's so many. There are 26 of them in total. Oh, oh my gosh. God. This is gonna take forever. All right, here we go. Well, Attack okay, that three. too. But also, this is terrible. It's a natural one. The one thing that I can roll to not be able to hit them. So that's wonderful. Natural one will automatically miss as you shatter. Sudi counted. You kind of like fly forward and like kick one way. And then you're trying to do like a spin chop in the other way. And you're like, nope, nope, I'm I'm not large size. Yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't plant it properly to have the right momentum. Um, But I then center myself rolling an 18 for a 28. 28 hits. Uh, So that is 12 points of damage, which I do not believe is going to break one of these chains. It does not, but it does damage it. Yep. So I will not use a key strike or anything because I don't know what this haunt's going to really do to us to know if it's urgent enough to need to use a key strike. So I will wait until next round for that. That gets us to the haunt. Yep. They continue to plead. Many of them trying to shuffle up from like these, these laying positions actually up to their knees, reaching their arms out. The din and the overwhelming sense of dread in here begins to escalate. 
almost more that they're not attempting to negatively impact you by the mechanics of the haunt, basically in violence. But you begin to feel this overwhelming sense of emotional oppression because of their desperation at the idea of freedom. Much ah. akin to the gratitude, but also the desperation of a drowning mm. person that might pull down the person trying to save them as mm -hmm. they cry out for help. Yeah, okay. Bring us to Hollis Starkweather. I don't think Hollis can do anything that does enough damage to do anything to this. Disintegrate. <laughs> Disintegrate. So for your options here right now, your options are shattering the chains. Mm -hmm. uh, you could feasibly also disable device to attempt to pick the locks on each of these manacles. I'm not trained in that. In addition to that, you could also attempt a straight up strength check to break the chain. Have <laughs> you seen Hollis? <laughs> <laughs> Says the wizard. <laughs> really funny about that. Yeah, okay, Hollis will try. Okay. I don't There's have anything else. There's a 20 on every die. There's a 20 on every die. Um, okay, Hollis is going to... Um, this chain like, does right, currently right. have the broken condition, or the oh, okay. damage, basically. <laughs> it's broken, not destroyed. All right, I got this. I got this, everybody. Uh, Hollis, like, uh, pushes her sleeves up a little bit and grabs the two sides of the chains and rolls a seven for a seven. <laughs> you are not playing to your strengths, Hollis. <laughs> this is not designed for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's that's not getting you anywhere. You have move action remaining if you'd like to take it. I'll just stand here. I mean, whatever. Citra Nahamra. Uh, Citra is going to attack the thing again. Here, I'll I, hold it for you. <laughs> I don't roll a one, which means I can't fail it, but I did roll a four, which gets me a uh, 23. A 23 strikes as you continue to like hammer down at this thing. Oh, yeah, you're doing a great job. Hollis, hold it up. You begin like crying, the trying to pry the links free. Yeah. yeah, nine points of regular, two points of electricity, five points of fire. Yep, that breaks through as the chain shatters and the figure lets out a sigh, the spirit rising up towards the ceiling while the body lays still and exposed now beneath it. Yeah, and then Citra will take a quick five-foot step and attack the next chain. All right. I rolled a 19 on that, uh, 28. 28 will strike your target as you spin around, slice down at the next one in line. 10 points of regular, 4 points of electricity, 1 point of fire. Shattering through the chain as your blade slices down and through it. And that's my turn. <laughs> Freeing a second captive. Bring y'all's total up to 5 of them freed so far. Good job, everybody. Masika of the Beckon. Yeah, I can't do enough damage and I don't have any low-level spells to use on this. So I guess Masika's going to step up next to Sudi and... Yeah, I guess I'm just going to yank, try to yank this chain out of yeah. the wall. <laughs> okay. Missy Carol is a 17 for a 20. Hey. Okay. Even with the broken condition is not enough. Oh. You strain against the chain, like kind of gritting your teeth as when you grab onto this chain, you can feel the heat still radiating off of it, but not enough to actually injure you. Yeah. Narmer will fly over into the square. Aha. He rolls a 10 for a 22. 22 will hit. And does five points of electricity damage. Chomping through the chain as it crackles and breaks under the impact, the figure rises up, floating into the air, whispering out a, Thank you, great catfish! <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Narmer turns around and smiles a big catfish smile. We're doing it, shooty! Yeah, I'm not helping very much. <laughs> I was thinking of just looking at these bodies and these statues and stuff. I don't know if you want to join in on that. <laughs> From Masika, we go to Sudikantar. So I don't see a way that I can get a full attack on more than one set of chains, which is unfortunate. So I will flying kick over to um, 
basically the the last in the set of four that's up north before it, it goes into the larger room. Okay. And then Leap I into will. The room. Yep. So I fly into the room and then axe kick this guy's chain. I roll a twelve for a thirty-two. Thirty-two will strike. If I could roll more than a one for damage, that'd be wonderful. That's nine <laughs> points of damage. <laughs> I roll a perfect twenty. It there means you go. Perfect twenty will automatically hit. I hit the thing. Roll a three, so that's eleven. So one point of damage to it. Chip, chip, chipping away. All right, that's a sixteen for a thirty-one. There it is for 15 points of damage. Shattering through the chain. hey and that is the end of my turn. The voices in the chamber continue to escalate as the figures have gotten up to their feet and are now straining against their chains, reaching out to all of you. Again, you feel this like overwhelming echoing sound, almost as if this chamber is specifically designed to reverberate their cries of pain and desperation. Oh, I see what's going to happen to us. I figure Citra's like... Calm down. We're not leaving anyone in here. Just be patient. Hollis Starkweather. They've waited 10,000 years. They're not going to be patient. Um, 6,000. Yeah, but, but I don't close. want him to or kill me in trying to get free. <laughs> Hollis is going to meander over to the reclining Anubis and uh, study it. <laughs> I can't Hollis help with like, any this of this other stuff. Fight. So I'm just going to go over here and start looking at things. You may make a knowledge religion. All right, that's a 12 for a 38. The symbol on the floor is a recumbent jackal, not technically a depiction of Anubis, although, of course, the jackal is associated with Anubis and is a sacred animal to the faith of the god of death, mm. uh, technically the opener of the way. That's mm. almost every Osirian god has something to do with death, so calling Anubis the god of death is fair, somewhat ridiculous. Uh, that being said, he is the god of the ancient Osirian god of burial, mummification, and tombs. Hmm. You can also note that the painting of a recumbent jackal on the floor tends to indicate the close proximity of a crypt, which this room oh. actually wouldn't count as, meaning that more likely than not, there's probably a crypt somewhere else nearby. Oh, okay. Please do not open the crypt while we're in the middle of this I'm haunt. not going to open a crypt, but I, you know, I'll look for secret doors. I, I can use my turn to do things like this. Yeah. Citra Nahamra. Citra's just going to continue moving around the corner. That way she can just go in a circle. So uh, so I'm going to go around the corner. I think that's about 20 feet to kind of position myself between two of them. Okay. Uh, so that is a three, four, eight, 22. A 22 will strike as Citra rushes in. You see a chamber filled with another nine captive figures. There's still another one left out in the hallway behind you as you'd rushed into this chamber. Yeah. Although out of your initial reach. Yeah. Citra's on a circuit here. Yeah. Nine points of regular damage, one point of electricity, two points of fire. No. Uh, damages it, but it's still intact as far as the chain goes. Yeah. <laughs> From Citra, we go to Masika of the Beckon. Well, I will continue to follow after. Well, Masika is just going to kind of enter this room just to keep an eye on things. She can't really. And send Narmer around to do yeah. his thing. Yeah. Narmer, pick a chain. Any, meeny. Uh, let's go with that guy. Whatever's efficient. Uh, efficient. Ha! <laughs> Who's gonna do it? Yes. Yes, that was a that was a setup spike situation. Masika just sighs. <laughs> Narmer will fly to I guess whatever chain he picked. Shooty, go right. I'll go left. Cool. All right. So he rolls a seven, which gets him a nineteen, which I still think hits the chain. Nineteen will strike his target. He will do max damage for six. There Electricity. Nice. Nice. There we go to Sudikantar. 
Um, okay, for the sake of efficiency and the hope that I will be able to get more than one of these around, I will ignore the one who's immediately to my right. I'm going to fly and kick into the corner of this northern room where I can hit two of them and try to see if I can't get both of their chains undone. Okay. Uh, so I will start with the one that's on the uh, eastern wall first as I axe kick down. Hiya. Fly through the air, kick. I roll a 12 for a 32. 32 hits. Hey, max damage. That is 16 points of damage. Shattering through the chain with one solid kick. Sweet. Uh, roll a five for my follow-up, which is a 25. 25 will also hit. For 12 points of damage. Slamming home, although not breaking through it. And then that is a uh, 14 for a 29. 29 will also hit. For 14 points of damage. Shattering through this chain. Hiya! Hiya. So the spirits begin to float up into the sky. Oh my gosh. So many. The voices reach a crescendo of both jubilation as well as fear, as well as expectation, as well as still like hopelessness. Uh, I will need a will save from the party. Sweet. Great. It's a haunt. This is a mind affecting compulsion and a haunt. Ah, will saves. Hollis gets a 16 for a 27 will save. Okay. Sudi rolls a 14, giving him a 33. All right. Uh, Mystica rolls a 17, which gets her a 35, and Narmer is immune. Ah. Oh, I guess Sugar can hear. Sugar can hear. Sugar rolls an 11 for a 17. Uh-oh. Sugar. Okay. Citra rolled a 19 for a 30. All right. So Sugar is the only one affected. Uh-oh. Ah! Oh, okay. Percentile. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the heck is that? Like, uh, sugar begins to freak out. Hollis, you can just hear panic screeching coming from your satchel. Sugar deals 1d8 plus strength modifier damage to herself as she beats herself against the inside of the uh, the satchel as she is now confused. Well, plus oh, strength. So it's no. going to be a minimum damage of one if I don't roll over a four. So let's see. I roll a four exactly, so she takes one damage. Okay. She has a minus four strength. <laughs> She's a chicken. She has a minus four and you rolled a four? Yes. Okay, so that's one point of non-lethal damage, because if you hit the minimum, oh. it actually goes to non-lethal. Excellent. She's she's not the type even confused to cause herself bodily harm, <laughs> even if she wanted to. I will allow... Masika and Hollis are both there. I will allow both of them to either make a sense motive or... Let's go with a heal check. Either one. Okay, I'm going to sense motive. Mm. I roll a 9 for a 24. Masika rolls an 11 for a 29 on a heal check. Okay. Nice. Sense motive. I'm not sure how Masika can determine this. So much as just, you know, years of training and experience. Uh, Hollis knows this chicken very well and also can understand her, although you can't mm -hmm. understand her right now. Mm. Uh, this is not confusion. This is insanity. Ah, Jesus. Oh, as in the permanent crud. effect as it affects her. Oh, crud. Oh, jeez. Oh, Cyrus, that's Calls a real like, um, problem. I think I have something for this. We'd have to muzzle your bird. It can be removed. Uh, remove curse does not work. However, greater restoration, heal, limited wish, miracle, or wish can. Oh, well, that's going to have to wait. Yikes. <laughs> From there we go to Hollis Starkweather. Hollis is going to bring her chicken over to Masika. <laughs> I like the idea that you just look down, you see Sugar's freaking out, and you're like, <laughs> uh, Masika, I think my 
I think Sugar's insane. <laughs> Do you have anything that can help with Missy that right now? Missy kind of blinks. Like... I open it and she's just <laughs> flapping around in there. <laughs> um, okay. Also, I think there maybe is a secret passage in a tomb or something, but that seems less relevant currently. Well, I mean, a vampire would need a coffin. True. I, and that room we just came from, it's not exact five foot squares. There's like, it's a little bit longer than like a nice square oh, five. That's not right. Yeah, exactly. So probably in there. But um, this is going to be, she's hurting herself. <laughs> I've seen her with pull her feathers out. It's it's very ugly. You, you move over there and then use a, your standard action to open your satchel. The chicken starts freaking out. I keep my hand on top so <laughs> Look she at can't get out of it. Just like, oh God. Citra Nahamra. Uh, Citra will continue her chain breaking. Uh, I rolled a 15 for a 34. 34 hits. Oh, we can also all go insane if we fail that save. I guess that's the real takeaway. That Team. was the real takeaway, yes. You just I completely was just worried about my danced chicken. past that aspect of it. <laughs> no, I was worried about her friend. Be uh, 11 <laughs> points of regular, or sorry, 10 points of regular, 4 points of electricity, 3 points of fire. You shatter through another chain. All right. I will five foot step and work on the next one. Very well. You step continuing along, having freed the 10th captive. All right. I rolled a uh, five, which gets me a 19. Striking into the chain. That'll be um, nine points of regular, two points of electricity, three points of fire. Dinging the chain, although not shattering it. Uh, so that would be a uh, seven for a 16. 16 will hit. Uh, that would be uh, nine points of regular, three points of electricity, five points of fire. Shattering through another chain, freeing the 11th of your captives. Not your captives, the captives. You know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. From there we go to Masika of the Beckon. All right. Well, I'm going to wait until all these uh, these ghosts are gone, uh, just in case I, I end up having to do more than one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really good idea. Masika. Yeah. Leave this to me. Okay. You might you might want to get out of like hearing range of whatever's going on here because it really seems to be freaking out sugar. I can't understand her, but it does. Fortunately, Stinger seems to be unaffected <laughs> and scary. In large part because they're vermin and therefore immune to mind affecting effects. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And Rocky's a rock. And thus immune to mind affecting effects. Oh, sure, he doesn't have ears, so. Mm. Um. But as we recently established, rocks do have personality. <laughs> that is true. Masika's just kind of going to look down at Narmer. He gives you a little flipper thumbs up. Yeah, Masika's going to gonna go by. <laughs> Masika's like, no, nah, nah. Masika's like, yes, yes, I will retreat. That was the That's the perfect thing for Masika to do. Masika's going to double move, and she's back down in the hallway between the two rooms. Okay. So you move entirely out? Yep. Well, once you enter into the larger chamber, the even the hissing steam coming off the stilly cooling lava is enough to mostly dampen the the distant sound of the the crying figures. Hey Hollis, I can't really hear them out here. Hollis, huh? you actually cannot hear over the din of all of these voices. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't hear you, you're far away. From Masika, we go to Sudi Kantar. All right, Sudi's gonna fly and kick over in between two more of the uh, Did this... the people. Did this one not get broken? Mm-mm. I skipped no, that one. No, Sudi skipped the one just inside okay. of the I'm door. I'm trying to get two in a round, so that I was That one specifically trying to... is screeching. <laughs> yeah, that one is screeching really loud. <laughs> He's well, extra you sk- mad. It's like, you skipped me! <laughs> He's looking over, and all you can hear is he's just like, I was a chicken farmer! A chicken! 
Paul's I like, no. You, I am literally <laughs> incapable. <My chicken. laughs> All right, so here we go. Another flurry of blows. I roll a four for 24. I roll Search one target. for damage, so that's nine, so that does nothing. Glancing off of the chain. That is a nine for a 29. 29 strikes your target. Uh, for 14 points of damage. Damaging, although not shattering the chain as you continue to hammer your fist into it. All right, then that is a 19 for a 20, uh, 34. 34 hits as you grab onto the chain, begin to strain with all of your muscles. For 12 points of damage. Shattering the chain. All right, last attack. Another 19, rolling rocks, uh, for 29. Hits your target. Oh, cool. Uh, so that is 15 points of damage. Shattering through another chain. Huzzah. The figures are wavering into insubstantiality. We're close, maybe. I will need a will save from the party. All right, here we go. Sans Masika, who's outside of the uh, the range of it. Really hoping if we got half that it would uh, be enough. Yeah, I was hoping too. No, nope, the right. remaining ones are even more desperate now. <laughs> I roll an 11 for a 22. Uh, Sudi rolls a 13, which is a 32. Okay. Okay. Plus 19 will save. That is killer. Uh, I get a plus two against mind affecting effects. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> My will is not nearly as good, but I'm still rolling decent because I think Citra really wants to do something. Uh, I roll a 13 for a 24. 24 just saves. Uh-oh. Hollis, okay. however. No, Hollis. It is just too much. As this cacophony, you stare down and look into the madness in this chicken's eyes. <laughs> It's spreading. <laughs> I will need Jessica to go ahead and roll me percentile. All right, let's see how this all goes. Here we go. 80. That is going to be attacking the nearest creature. For the purposes <gasps> of this, familiars count as part, part of the subject's self. Oh, Ergo, okay. I would say Sudi will be your closest target. Bring it. All right. I walk Amazing. over to Sudi and I punch him. I don't. Yep. Hollis in her madness envisioning Sudi as some sort of giant, I don't know, what eats chickens? Foxes? Some giant know. fox. You're just a, a professor. Cat? I really like Sudi is a cat. A giant cat. <laughs> oh, a giant, a giant cat. cat. Get, get back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I roll an eight on the die. Um, I have a 10 strength. I have Sudi, a seven. Sudi, you're going to so take that attack of opportunity. A 15? Sudi <laughs> does like the most like chill thing ever. He like punches through this chain. He just holds a fist up and just catches her fist in his fist. What's wrong, Hollis? Oh no. I think we lost Hollis. She's got elf eyes, so like those like huge saucer eyes. <laughs> but your crazy. eyes are just madness. And so like Sudi's like holding your fist, just like, uh oh. Yep. In addition to that, um, I'm not even gonna roll you. Jessica, go ahead and roll me uh, a d20. Okay. I need sugar to be the one that acts normal. You roll a natural 20? Yeah, roll a natural 20. Farewell. A chicken flies out with a perfect 20 striking Sudi (laughs) as a chicken lunges into your face. Let me roll her attack here for you. Big cat. (laughs) Hollis, run. I'll save you. Is that the attack roll? Yeah, that was the attack roll. That was the attack roll. I roll a a two on my D3, minus four, which gets me a negative two, which I guess is one non-lethal. One point of non-lethal damage, which will not get through Sudi's damage reduction. (laughs) 
Die, you foul feline! <laughs> get him! Get him before he gets everything! Sudi, this chicken lands on your shoulder, grips a hold with her claws, and begins to peck furiously at your temple. <laughs> so he just has the most, like, bemused look on his face ever as he's holding Hollis's one fist with the chicken just patting him in the side of the hell of his uh, of his head, just like... Yeah, she is well, tiny. She is in your mask. space. It's just hitting the it's mask. It's just like, gling, 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 gling. I'll get this artifact. <laughs> I just I just enjoy that Jessica is sitting here bobbing her head like a chicken. <laughs> That's my, my pecking. <laughs> oh, boy. Citra, not Amra. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Citra would like to five-foot step. Citra has no idea what's happening over here. Nope. She's just going about freeing some, some sad people. Oh, my gosh. Alrighty, I roll a 15 for a number. I roll a 15 for a 34. 34 will strike your target as you continue to work on the far side of the room. Uh, Oblivious to the madness. Eight points of regular, five points of electricity, four points of fire. Shattering through another chain. Alright, and then I'll work on the next one. That is a... 13, which gets me a 27, which I assume hits. 27 hits. I roll 11 regular, 2 electricity, 6 fire. Shattering through an additional chain as you continue your way around. All right. Such as like a freedom fighting machine over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like, I will free you. Just stop yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> From there, we go to Masika of the Beckon. You can only assume everything is going fine. Yep. Masika, you know, just kind of keeps an eye out on where we came from, probably humming some sort of tune to herself. (laughs) (laughs) Narmer gives you the false, although actually true impression of excitement. (laughs) (laughs) Narmer thinks this is hilarious. It's pretty funny. I'm sure he does. Yes, yes, cash. (laughs) Sudikantar. All right, Sudi Kantar, flying kick. Very well. Sudi launches himself across the room. Hey, I rolled a two for a 22. 22 will strike your target. All right, so that is 13 points of damage. A solid blow, although not enough to actually crack through it. Okay, that's a seven for a 27. 27 will hit. Uh, That is uh, 15 points of damage. Shattering through the chain. All right, next. That is a four for a 19. 19 will hit. All right, that's 12 points of damage. Causing a chink in the chain, but not actually breaking through. Uh, So that is, then I roll a 17 for a 27. 27 will hit. Uh, For 15 points of damage. Shattering through the chain. As you do so, the rest of the spirits, the chains seem to drop down to the ground as the collective spirits let out a sigh and begin to float up into the, well, basically the ceiling. Even the one Narmer was attempting to free, and even the uh, six other ones that Citra is starting to move towards as they begin to raise up towards the sky, and the haunt effect seems to pass. All right, so. Bring us to Hollis Starkweather. Go ahead and roll your percentile. <laughs> Wait, where's Miss 45. <laughs> Hollis just babbles incoherently. Gosh darn cats in these here chicken coops. Sugar, however, inflicts 1d8 plus strength modifier damage on herself as she begins to batter herself against one of the nearby statues of Anubis. She rolls a negative one, which is a Screaming one. jackal, jackal over and over again, although Paulus can't comprehend it because she's babbling incoherently and none of the rest of you can understand. Yeah. 
I told him to shut that door. I told him. I told him to do it. Nobody listens to me around here. <laughs> <laughs> Where's all this sand? Why is all their sand? It's weird. <laughs> From Hollis, we go to Citra. I suppose Citra will start. She she knows that the rest of the spirits have risen, correct? So she's Yes, the good. haunt has dissipated. I don't need to break any more chains. No. All right, then Citra is going to start moseying back into the main room. And I, like, get part way and realize I can't see anybody. So she's just going to double move, uh, getting to the further end where Sudi was. And then she can finally see what's sort of going on. Yeah, I don't think that's really been addressed up until this point that you guys, uh, now that everyone in the group has some form of dark vision, either natural or through magic items, that you guys have just been using dark vision now. So yes. when Sudi and Hollis were on the far side of the chamber, they're more than 60 feet away from you and outside of your dark vision range. And the glowing pool of lava provides illumination for the central chamber, but not the far chamber where Sudi and Hollis are. You know who doesn't have dark vision? Sugar. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well. It usually doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> she didn't hurt me. So. No, I mean, it's fine. From... Citro, we go to Masika of the Beckon. Can I tell that the noise in there has stopped? The screaming has stopped. Other than like Hollis shouting about something inarticulate. Mm-hmm. And a wild barking. <laughs> I, I'm sure Citra probably is like, Hey, Masika, I think you should get in here. Yeah, Masika, <laughs> wander back in, double move. So the only bad thing about Greater Restoration is that it seems like I have to spend the 5,000 gold of diamond dust to even cast it, even if I'm not doing a temporary or a permanent negative level. Yeah, greater restoration is 5,000 just all the time. Alright, I guess because uh, I'm not going to blow 5,000 gold pieces worth of diamond dust, I'm just going to cast mass heal. <laughs> does that get rid of insanity? Yeah, it's The heal, heal spell yeah. does remove insanity. Oh, ma oh, heal mass. Oh, cool. Yeah. The only thing I will mention is that it will not affect Citra. Not that she's insane, but she just won't get the hit points back because she's more than 30 feet away. Are you down hit one more round? I'm down 10 hit points. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll yes. drink a potion to cure light wounds while I wait. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think I'll be fine. There's a pulse of energy rolls through and the, uh, the haze, the madness dissipates as you're immediately cured of uh, 150 points. I think you guys are 15. Level. I was only down like eight. But yeah, Masika was down yeah, like 15. Yeah, no, it's more for the insanity removal than anything. Yep, no more uh, ability damage, blinded, confusing, dazed, dazzled, deafened, disease, exhausted, fatigue, feeble-minded, insanity. Actually, it specifies insanity specifically. Nauseated, poisoned, sickened, and stunned. That was embarrassing. Thank you very much. I pick up my chicken, I put her back in my pouch, close the pouch. We never speak of this. Of course. Well, sorry about that. Uh, anyway, that room over there is not perfectly square. Well, that's unusual. Yeah, we all know my uncle's not really about things like that. Yeah, and there's probably a tomb because, you know, that Anubis on the floor and whatnot, and then um, yeah, that's kind of what I, f I don't remember a whole lot after that, so uh, yeah. Well, I suppose let's go and I can have a closer look. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it's a false wall. This was we real messed up. We assemble in front of the uh, not square, and now that, you, now that you say it, I see it on the map too. Very weird. Like, anywhere else, that wouldn't have been all that significant, but here it's significant, like, in Osirian. In just a sec built and, places. Well, yeah, and in, 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 in a, you know, exactingly created space like this where everything is perfectly five feet, you know, increments of things. Yeah, you make your way forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would like to examine the not-square wall. 
Uh, I will be using my lens of detection to give me a bonus. Very well. I assume I. Any of the not... rest of you want to do anything in the meantime? Did any of these statues have like names or anything for who these people might have been? I don't know. Maybe I just want to look at the statues and the bodies, or one that's nearby. Uh, go ahead and give me a perception roll from Citra, and anyone that wants to look at the bodies can make a hill check if they so wish. I will do that badly. I uh, will also allow a knowledge history. I will do that instead. All right, so history, I rolled a 19. Where was that a minute ago? Um, <laughs> for a 41. Uh, Sudi, Masika? Uh, I'm just going to watch uh, Citra's back as she's doing this examination. Just make sure nothing's, I don't know, jumping out of the lava or anything crazy like that. Masika rolls a 14 on a heel check, which gets her a 32. Noise. We know we're getting into high level play whenever everybody, when they before they say their final number, has to like pause for a second to do the math. <laughs> yep. Because it's like I, I roll I roll a fourteen for a forty seven. <laughs> Hollis looking over the bodies. What you can determine about these bodies is that each one of these individuals were mummified. Okay. However, the mummification process on each one of these seems to have been poorly done. Like purposefully. Almost more in a rush in a way that would be indicative of usually slaves or such that would have been killed to be buried with their masters. As the masters were already going through the mummification process, oftentimes the servants or slaves would have been put through a faster process. Mm. Uh, these individuals were not, their bodies were not packed with the usual incenses and instead salt to yeah. expedite the mummification process. Yikes. So in essence, a poor man's mummification as far as Osirian is concerned. Masika, you note that uh, uh, each one of these individuals, there is damage to the body. Uh, each In each case, this damage to the body is on the neck. Ah. This seems to have been the means of death for each of these, but each one of these individuals already had scarring on their necks repeatedly of two puncture marks, roughly in the same spot on the right-hand side of the individual's neck. Oh. Because they were bags. getting, yeah, they were getting their blood sucked. Yeah, uh, these people were food. Huh. Well, it's that Nosferatu's down here. Can we? Oh, we already made checks to know about Nosferatu. I think. I don't think we have. Well, if not, we should do that. Citra, what'd you roll? I got a natural twenty for a forty-four. Um, that will easily succeed against the DC fifteen perception check. I <laughs> can't fail that. Wow. Yikes! <laughs> That's not a secret door at this level. That's just a door. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a door. There's a portion of the wall here that seems to have been plastered over. In fact, there doesn't appear to be any way to open it. However, it does look like it has strategically placed holes. Small, maybe a little less than a quarter of an inch, cleverly disguised with the hieroglyphs that cover this wall. In a way that immediately makes you think, well, strangely in a way that probably makes you think of crates with holes placed in it for animal transport. But they just seem to be regular and intentionally built into this. Oh, does that... There is no way to open this. However, pressing on this wall, it does seem like it is wood and plaster. So there basically someone could hammer through it. There doesn't seem to be a way to uh, open this in the traditional sense, but I don't think anyone in here would be against us just breaking it down. Oh, so it's not stone? It seems to be just wood and plaster. Well, whoever's back there probably would be against it, but eh, I don't care. They live in this horrible place, so they're probably bad. I mean, we all know they're undead of some sort. Or well, an outsider, I guess. If they are undead, they're hurting right now. They are? 
<laughs> Those little four holes <laughs> oh, just right. beams of positive energy just Citra walking. Just, yeah, Citra just like taps her, her helm. It hurts undead. Ah, uh, yeah. Can we do the ultimate horror, like, no-no and, like, peek through a hole? No, I don't want my eye poked out. Sudi already is only down to one eye. He is not volunteering for that. <laughs> no way, no Seek how. Do it. Yeah, I'm like, just, you know, just to see. We have dark vision. Before we go knocking it down, there may be mechanisms behind there or something. There's that know. part of me that wonders if Nosferatu have, like, gaseous form or something so he can well, get in I and out they, through I the think vampires just yeah. have that. Or the they turn to gas. They turn into mist when they die or when they, quote, unquote, die. And then they zoop back to their. Well, I think they get gaseous form as like. Besides, we're gonna need a wooden stake anyway. If this wall is made of wood. True. The wood. Yeah. Oh, I don't have any wood. I left my quarter staff in the desert. I have a quarter staff, but you know. Uh, Masika, you can make me a perception roll if you wish to try to peek through here. Honestly, Narmer has a way better perception. He should be the one peeking. Masika rolls a nine. It only gets her a sixteen. I mean, you can tell that there's a chamber beyond, despite what classic movies might tell us or video games or anything oh, like I that. Know. Peeping through a keyhole does not give you much of a view of anything on the other yeah, side. I mean, <laughs> yep. there's definitely a room. Assuming that there might be a Nosferatu, uh, anyone that wishes to may make me an alt religion. I rolled perfectly average ten for a thirty-six. I also rolled a ten, but that's only a fifteen for me. Why does this game have so much math? <laughs> Uh, Masika rolls a 19, which gets her a 35. Dang. So, Hollis, Masika, uh, both of you are at least somewhat familiar with the Nosferatu. Oh, man. Uh, Nosferatu are savage undead, uh, who some believe are the progenitors of the common, more refined vampires. The curse of the Nosferatu lacks the elegance and romance of its modern form, hearkening to a forgotten age of verminous hunger and eerie powers. Granted immortal life, but not immortal youth, Nosferatus are withered, embittered creatures unable to create others of their own kind, as they somehow lost that ability in ages past. Hmm. Uh, the ancient sensibilities still reflect the cruelty of epochs past, and their age-spanning plots are untethered by the modern affliction of morality. They mm -hmm. resent common vampires, which they call mori, an ancient term for from a lost language, for their beauty, whereas those vampires scorn the Nosferatu as bestial relics of an earlier age, best hidden away in remote ruins so as not to sully the charismatic reputation of true vampires. Mm. Uh, as a side note, because Nosferatu cannot create spawn, any Nosferatu in existence are very old, created long ago in a time before they lost the ability to infect others with their undead curse. I'll just go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and give Hollis and Masika two questions each. I want to go with like special. How do you kill them? Don't they have special? <laughs> how do you kill them? You want rules? weakness? Like, do you have to cut their head off and put it in a river? Like, <laughs> that's that's the question I'm asking. <laughs> do you have to cut their head off and put it in a river? Oh, you know. have to stake <laughs> them yeah. and then cut their head yeah. off and then put it in a source of running water. Yeah. So Nosferatu's are somewhat different than regular vampires. Cool. Cool. Uh, first off, a Nosferatu, uh, unlike regular vampires, although the rumor is attributed to regular vampires, Nosferatu cannot tolerate the strong odor of garlic and will not enter a place with it. Hmm. They recoil from mirrors or strongly presented holy symbols, although these things do not harm the Nosferatu. They can merely keep it at bay. Okay. So we put it in a hall of mirrors. As a side note, uh, it does require standard action each round to keep the Nosferatu's reflection in the mirror. Uh, uh, or to present a holy symbol. So just keep that in mind. Um, they also get a will save to overcome this aversion. A Nosferatu cannot enter a private home or dwelling unless invited by someone with authority to do so. Uh, more importantly, though, for all of you, reducing a Nosferatu's hit points to zero incapacitates it but does not destroy it. However, certain attacks can slay a Nosferatu. Exposing any Nosferatu to direct sunlight staggers it for the first round of exposure and destroys it utterly on the second consecutive round. Hmm. 
if it does not escape. Okay. Uh, each round of immersion in running water will deal an amount of damage to an Nosferatu equal to one-third of its full hit points. This requires full immersion, therefore a spell that does create water is not considered running water for the purposes of yeah, this Yeah, you have to like, take effect. them to a river. A Nosferatu resist, reduced to zero hit points by immersion is fully destroyed. Driving a wooden stake through a helpless Nosferatu's heart instantly slays it. This is a full round action. Okay. Uh, however, it does return to life if the stake is removed, unless its head is also se severed and then anointed with holy water. Hey, we have all the requirements for that. Does anybody have a, like an arrow is wood, right? Does that count as a stake? This wall is Wait, made of wood. This wall is wood. Why don't oh, I thought it was plaster. Wood and plaster. plaster and wood. Okay. Arrow yep. sharper is what I'm going to point out, but okay. I relay what I know. All right. I got special attacks. Special attacks. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. First off, they do have spe several special attacks. They can drain blood from a helpless, willing, or grappled living victim. When it does so, however, it drains not only constitution, but also wisdom each round. Hey, I need both of those. Aye, aye, aye. As it does so, it does gain temporary hit points that last for one hour. In addition to that, any creature it can see, it does not have to lock eyes with. It can dominate. The individual must be within 30 feet of the Nosferatu at the time. This counts as dominate person. Wow. God, jeez. So it's not even just the uh, the command version of regular vampires. It's full on domination. Uh, and lastly, they have telekinesis at will. Oh, wonderful. Special defenses. Special defenses. A Nosferatu has channel resistance. It also has damage reduction, although knowing what overcomes its damage reduction is a separate qu question. It also gains a resistance of uh, to cold, electricity, and sonic. Hmm. In addition to that, Nosferatu have fast healing. If reduced to zero hit points in combat, a Nosferatu assumes its swarm form and will then attempt to escape. Uh, it must reach its coffin with one, within one hour or be utterly destroyed. In addition to this, uh, additional damage dealt to Nosferatu in uh, forcing a swarm form has no effect on it. Is it like, I don't know if this is technically a question, but even, you know, normally when you defeat a normal vampire, it turns to mist and retreats to its coffin and then it's out of it for a little while while it regenerates. Is that the yes. same thing for and this one? You're aware that it requires one hour, although after one hour it regains, it goes from zero hit points to one hit point, at which point it's fast healing kicks in. What's its uh, damage reduction? Uh, it's damage reduction of five against anything that is not both piercing and wooden. <laughs> okay. So stakes uh, is for, what you're going in with. For purposes yeah. of this, this includes all wooden hafted weapons, weapons such as arrows, crossbow bolts, spears, javelins, uh, even if the weapon's actual head is made of another material. Huh. Okay. Um, looks at her crossbow. I mean, I guess. I'm just going to pummel him, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'll cast Mass Sal's Wisdom. It's one of my lore, you know, freebie spells. It won't help Masika either because of her headband, but that gives Hollis and Citra plus two to their will saves. Woohoo! Thirteen. I will take it because uh, my <laughs> mine is also now a thirteen. Yeah, because the the wizard's intelligence, not wisdom. So I have good will saves, but no wisdom. So. All right, are we ready for Sudi to punch through the door? Way. Yeah, I don't have anything else that I think would be useful to cast. So. So I suppose Sudi's taking point. Yep. Masika, Citra flanking through him. the door like he's doing a renovation. Sudi, what do you get taking, or what do you get on average for your damage? Uh, average damage for me is 13 points of damage. Okay. Masika has a shru uh, has a folding shovel and a crossbow. Uh, cr I keep saying crossbow. See? Rachel I tell you. Crowbar. Crowbar. And Sudi, how many attacks do you get per round? Uh, if I do flurry of blows, I get four attacks a round. Without flurry of blows. Without flurry of blows, I get three attacks per round. Okay. 
Uh, it would take you six rounds to break through this. Well, let's <laughs> so, see if we wake him up. A little over 30 seconds to basically tell him, hey, you got company coming in. I mean, unless you're planning on disintegrating this, there's not much of another way through No, there's yeah. not. So. I'm pretty tapped on spells. We're about to see some creative wizarding. The break DC for this is 35. So. Which I cannot. I mean, not a chance. Yeah. Even enlarged, I don't think you can manage that. No, so. not even close. Yeah. You just got to so do yeah, the five will, finger punch. I, <laughs> he's doing the one inch punch just over yeah. and over again. That's what I'm, I'm just imagining, yeah. you know, Kill Bill style or just bam. Bam. <laughs> yeah, so so when I'm when I'm saying wooden plaster here, think a little bit more like the way that traditionally like German houses were made, where it's the wooden frame and the plaster, and not like cheap apartments that we've all lived in. <laughs> this where isn't like and, Where if you trip and fall, you might put an arm through a wall. Yeah. Um, Sudi, you place yourself and then begin to just start punching, like lean forward, your forehead nearly on the wall as you just slam your fist over and over into it as fast and hard as you can. Sudi is a jackhammer uh, at this moment. Yeah. I'm picturing, and probably because Sudi's also a cat person, I'm picturing, I think it's Kung Fu Panda 2, where they have a uh, uh, tiger punching like uh, a tree until she can't feel her knuckles anymore. Yeah. Anyway, you slam this over and over before it finally shatters inwards. Beyond this open this opening here, you stare into a room, the cloud of dust, wood particles, the remnants of the shattered plaster scattering across the floor. Through this haze, you see a chamber beyond, maybe 30 feet across, perhaps 25 feet wide. The chamber has nothing in it save a single gilded sarcophagus sitting atop a stone platform. And that's it. I wonder if he's just inside. Everybody check the ceiling corners. Lucky. Look up at the ceiling. No, the ceiling in here stretches up to a height of some 10 feet. And the surrounding walls are covered with various hieroglyphs. Maybe it's a false tomb? Possible. Sudi eyes the sarcophagus warily, well aware of the effects of false tombs. <laughs> nom, nom, Considering nom. how not well hidden this was, I wouldn't be surprised if it was false. But again, I doubt they expected anybody to get past this point either. I mean, to be fair, an insanity effect is pretty much going to mess up almost everybody. Well, that's mm -hmm. if you even got past the Toffets. Oh, good point, yeah. Well, and we don't know when the Nosferatu joined the Hakatep living in the tomb party. And True. honestly, if this was part of the construction, I think Chisisek would have made more of an effort. Mm. Alright, well, um, I guess I'm, that's read these walls and look are at we able to fashion a stake out of the wall bits yeah I mean you could find a piece of broken wall scrape off some of the plaster from that and make a stake it's an improvised weapon that does 1d4 points of damage I mean cause I'm all down for you know getting my buffy on Okay. are you gonna try to sneak attack with a stake cause that would be funny if he was helpless aka unconscious or something asleep I don't know they don't sleep that's the problem Hollis is looking over the hieroglyphs yeah Citra is fashioning herself a stake. <laughs> yeah. Sweetie, Masika? Masika and Narma are going to be looking over the sarcophagus. Yeah, I think uh, Sudi's going to be on the opposite side of uh, Masika doing the same, just kind of looking for, like, does this look like it was sealed entirely? Does, you know, and to see if it's, like, sealed or not. Yeah, maybe he's pulling a Lestat and he was just trying to, like, sleep through the worst parts of history. Yeah. Hollis looking over the walls. These are mostly standard prayers. Various spells in the kind of the lowercase s spells. Mm. 
uh, practices and rituals that would be used for an individual going on into the next life. That's weird. In this case, however, all of these seem to be in dedication to the god Set. Okay, let's And calling weird. upon Naturally. his aid. Okay. Masika Sudi, looking over this, either of you can make me an appraise. Okay. Hey, I rolled a perfect 20, so I got a 20. There you go. <laughs> That's not uh, bad. Masika nice. rolls a uh, 12, which gets her a 22. The two of you looking this over. First off, it is a beautiful sarcophagus. The lid here depicts a humanoid figure clad in a long robe. A black funerary mask covers what you can only assume to be would be the horrifying face of a Nosferatu. A battle axe is clutched across the chest, and a gold and ivory cartouche is set on the stone's lid. Either of you looking over the, heart, the cartouche, since both of you read Ancient Osiriani, can read the name Inhetef. Hey, Narmer, was this on the list? Uh, uh yep. Nosferatu, uh, Hakatepsha Shashin, known as the Sky Pharaoh's Fang. Renowned for his bloodlust and feared for his ability to stealthily dispatch enemies. Oh, he's definitely hiding around here, then. The other thing that I'll, but both of you note, well, first off, the golden ivory cartouche can be pried from the lid and it's worth 350 gold. We're not doing that. There are two curious things about this. Eh, suppose three. First off, this sarcophagus is made of limestone. Hmm. Secondly, this sarcophagus is made of a single piece of limestone. Dang. Where there would normally be a seal, a seam that is sealed to allow one to gain access to the sarcophagus, there is not. So it was magically probably put in, like, created then. Thirdly, there are numerous small, perhaps a quarter inch in diameter holes, cleverly carved into the surface of this sarcophagus. Clever girl. So that's how that's how Inotef can get in and out. Pour holy water in the holes. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I don't want to waste the holy water if he's not in there. How much do I think this sarcophagus is worth? The sarcophagus itself? Yeah, this giant slab of limestone and all this other stuff on it. Like You and Sudi would estimate it to be over 5,000 gold. So there's no seam on this, but there are some holes. Well, he can turn into bugs. So, uh, they're cleverly arranged across the top of the sarcophagus. I'm kind of down for the dripping holy water. <laughs> I My thing is, I'm thinking he's not in there, yeah. It'd be really uncomfortable to come back to a sarcophagus filled with holy water. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> He'd be fully immersed in that holy water. We do not have enough holy water to no, fill up don't. the sarcophagus. <laughs> what would you like to do? I want to search for secret doors. Okay. Masika's going to pull out the, the wand of blessed water that's always dripping holy water. Yeah. And I'm going to poke it through one of the holes. Yeah. Okay. Just poke. <laughs> you know. uh, Citra is going to stand at the ready with her steak and her kukri. <laughs> <laughs> you could have fashioned two steaks. Masika is, is being very scientific here. Sudi <laughs> Contour? Sudi readies to attack the Nosferatu if it should emerge from the sarcophagus. Uh, Hollis, go ahead and make me a perception roll. I get a four for a 19. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, Masika, you drip, drip water through various holes. Nothing. Hollis finishes ace, you know, circumnavigating the outside of this room. No. No secret passages. Uh, Hollis has sea invisibility, right? Yeah. Okay, so you would know if he's, like, slinking along around behind us. <laughs> Just hanging something. out in the corner. Yeah. I do have some invisibility. Uh, Hollis is going to cast Detect Magic and look for anything magical on the sarcophagus. I don't know. We'll start there. 
Sorry, I was just thinking about the fact that it's like, man, if he's... What if he has, like, the Shadow Dancer Hide and Shadows ability, and since you guys are just using Dark Vision... Dark Vision that he's, he's just, like, standing in the I'm open I'm scared he's an you. assassin giving us three rounds before he strikes and tries to murder somebody, because he's literally he described as an that. assassin. It's true, it's true. Uh, Hall is detecting magic. You do not detect any magic. Although, again, the sarcophagus may be thick enough at points to block any magical detection. Hmm. However, you don't think that through the holes it should be. Yeah. You don't detect anything magic inside. Okay. All right, I'll activate my tomb site so I get the uh, benefits of Death Watch and Detect Undead as long as I concentrate. And then I guess look around, see if anything undead is in here, and then look into one of the holes as best I kind of can. So you, uh, you give a quick gl- glance around. Seems good. You put your one remaining eye to one of these holes. No, you don't detect any undead inside. I don't detect any undead inside. Can so someone not... better than me look for mechanisms and secret passages and whatnot? Because I looked, but my track record is bad. Yeah, I figure Citra will probably take a look. She'll put the stake in her belt for the moment and then get her lens of detection out. Yeah, okay. Sudi will maintain concentration on his tomb site just so that if he is invisible or something, maybe I can detect oh. him. Oh, you don't have any more talk to rocks, do you? No, I'm out of that. I think tomorrow, I'm going to do that If we have to come back tomorrow, you could talk to we this talk rock. We talked to this rock. <laughs> ah, so, the stories you can tell. Uh, Citra looks about the room. She rolls a 16 for a 40. No, other than the way that you come in, you don't see any other exits out of this chamber. I don't see anything, so I just think he may be out and about. Well, it's possible that whenever... Hakotep animated that he assembled his minions. But there's Maybe nowhere. this is one that he kept. Or it might have been whatever just crashed into the ground. That was a heck of a wake-up call. True. I get that this is a very heavy box. Does it move? I was just thinking that. And how do you make a sarcophagus out of a solid piece of limestone and hollow it out enough to put the lid and everything on there? This thing had to have opened at some point. Ma- magic? Magic. Feels like magic. I don't know. We try to move the sarcophagus to like find a secret set of stairs descending down or something. Well, I might have a lever to depress. Uh, anyone that wishes to make a perception check may do so. Alright. Sure. <laughs> I roll a 5 for a 20. I roll an 18, so that is going to be a 43. Alright, Masika rolls a 10, which gets her a 17, but Narmer is going to help out because his perception's so much better. He get, He rolls a 19, which gets him a 37. Citra rolled a 13 for a 37. Looking this over, kind of conferring with one another, you do think this can slide to the side. In fact, you believe that the entirety of the sarcophagus and the stone platform could be pushed to the right. However, you don't see where the latch to unlock this is, as it seems to be some sort of device, probably some sort of clockwork engineering built into this to move it. Ooh, 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 I got this. (laughs) However, there's no way to seemingly to access it Except for maybe inside of the sarcophagus. All right, I got a real nasty idea. Um. This sarcophagus uh, is made of stone. Oh no! What? No, we have well, stone to flesh. No, no, uh, no, 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 no! I'm just saying that you're gonna have to give in at some point, probably, because I don't have any good. I don't that have gaseous so form. That is so gross. And teleportation's not gonna get you anywhere. I mean, technically speaking, you could try to dimension door inside of the sarcophagus. It's not warded by the protection on the surrounding walls. You just hope it's big enough to fit you. That just feels terrifying. That feels like a really... That's what I thought you were going to say. Then I, I would like, have to find worse. the latch, and I have bad perception. <laughs> and I don't have any more dimension doors today anyway, so that plan has to wait for tomorrow. 
I could have sworn in a previous episode, like way back, didn't someone climb inside a sarcophagus once? That was in Tyrant's Grass. That was, yeah, and it that was, was Tyrant's Grass. Oh, yeah. that Because yeah, you were like, maybe we have to close the lid with I'm you crossing inside. crossing the streams. <laughs> <laughs> what would all of you like to do? Man, who? if somebody had stone shape, this would be a cash money time. To I have stone thumb. shape. Not today. Yep. Actually, what level spell is stone shape? Maybe I have a slot for that. Hold on. It's four. You know, what I wouldn't give for just a stick of dynamite right now. Right? Mm. Yeah, if just you had an Rick with some bombs, you know? that would be great. I can have stone shape tomorrow, but not today. Let me see if I have anything else possible. I love that we're being we're being literally like stymied by like the most mundane of things. By being squeamish because we could cut our way through this. It would be oh, weird and gross, doing that. but so we could gross. do it. And I kind of part of also, me, morbid part of me wants to know. We might need that if one of us gets petrified. I have two of them. Well, I'm immune, so I can't be petrified. So there's that. Me, 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 me. Yeah, it's <laughs> fair. Hmm. Oh, this is just a mundane item. It's not magical. No. I could prepare shrink item. <laughs> and make it small. <laughs> Would that even that work? work on something that big? It works on up to two cubic feet per level. So 30 cubic feet? Cubic feet? I mean, I yeah, that would this... basically, you could shrink a small cottage at that point. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I mean, it's not I mean, a bad. That is actually not a, weirdly not a bad idea. It also means that it's going to be really hard for him to return to his sarcophagus if it's tiny. If this is his sarcophagus, yeah. If it is, it, yeah. It's a second level spell. I have one open second level spell slot, so I can take a minute and prepare shrink item. <laughs> Is the uh, sarcophagus and the base that's on the same item? Uh, it does specifically state in here that the the sarcophagus and the platform are made from a single piece oh, of good. limestone. So it's one item. Hollis okay. takes a, there's been flipping through her spell book, uh, spends a minute re rereading the spell that I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to cast in this, spell, in this podcast. I have literally cast that spell one time as both a GM and a player, period. <laughs> and then Hollis will attempt to shrink this uh sarcophagus slash plinth or whatever. Wow. It is, I can shrink one non-magical item to one sixteenth of its normal size in each dimension. <laughs> you make a mini version of it. What is this? A sarcophagus for ants? It reduces the object size by four categories. I can also change its now shrunken composition into a cloth-like one, which I will do because then it's even lighter. Cloth-like? Yeah, we don't, don't want know. a 5,000 pound like I don't know, mini or whatever. Objects changed by a shrink item spell can be returned to normal composition and size merely by tossing them onto any solid surface or by a word of command from the original caster. Um, this lasts for one day per level, so this will last for 15 days. You know what oh. we do with it afterward is we go toss it into the lava. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so are you going to be shrinking item? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to shrink yep. item and turn it into a little cloth form of itself. And put it in my pocket, I guess. This is wonderful. This is wild. I have to remember, or else it'll turn back to its normal size with it in my pocket. So <laughs> make a note. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happens if there's something in the item. Yeah, because it gets into a really, a really weird area here. The debate on this is if you shrink an item that is a container, does it shrink the contents inside of the container? So, for instance, if you cast shrink item on a water skin... Mm. Does the water come shooting out of it or does the water get shrunk with it? Is it counted as a separate item? Oh, interesting. I guess the unofficial Paizo word on it, considering it has been the plot point for things before where people have shrunk a chest and taken it and the contents inside of the chest, oh. is that the objects inside would count as part of it. So for instance, like it even says if you shrink a torch, 
that the fire would be shrunk with the torch. And oh, if yeah, you shrink, it does mention that. If you shrink object on a crossbow, it shrinks all the crossbow's components. Okay. So I'm going to rule that it will shrink it and everything else that is a part of it. Hollis, <laughs> you, chant and tone, extend a hand, touch the top of the sarcophagus. Considering that it does this as part of the spell casting in less than six seconds. <laughs> shrinks down to one sixteenth of its regular size. Uh, there's a popping sound as it pops free of the tracks that it's built into. <laughs> as it kind of springs up, you catch it out of the uh, out of the air. Awesome. And stare down into a hole, <laughs> a niche carved on the underside of this, a hidden compartment, if you will, containing what appears to be some sort of staff wrapped in a bejeweled linen cloth. And we'll pick it up here next time. <laughs> I fold it and put it in my pocket. What? <laughs> what the heck? What? I love that that worked, and I love that it did not involve flesh. Yes, <laughs> I especially love that it didn't involve flesh. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.